What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast, a game day edition as the Pelicans get set for a rematch in Dallas against the Mavericks. Unfortunately, things did not go so well on Wednesday night. The Pelicans fell to Dallas 139 to 107. Of course, Brandon Ingram was your leading scorer in that game, 20, 29 points. And uh, speaking of Brandon Ingram, we are joined today by, by Mark Medina, NBA writer for NBA.com. Of course, he used to write for USA Today. The Mercury News, LA Daily News, you name it. Mark has covered everything around the NBA. And if you missed it on Wednesday, he wrote a great piece on Brandon Ingram on NBA.com. Mark, I appreciate the time. How are you? Hey, Daniel, I, uh, I'm i enjoying the season. Appreciate you having me on and uh, grateful and humbled by the kind words. It's uh, always fun talking hoops with you. Yeah, absolutely. I saw you uh, in Los Angeles, but unfortunately you were busy interviewing Brandon Ingram, so I didn't have a chance to say hello, but um, it was a really good piece and it's stuff that you know we see from Brandon every day but kind of what led you to write the article about BI well there's a few things one I'm based in Los Angeles so uh, with the Pelicans coming in town uh, wanted to see if there's any uh, stories that you know might resonate on the national scale obviously there's a lot of attention on Zion Williamson and when he's coming back and what's the latest with his injury but with him being out of pocket there that wasn't a possibility but uh, as you guys know, Brandon Ingram's uh, been a, a pretty important piece with the Pelicans, you know, being a, a one-time All-Star, getting the Most Improved Player Award. But I just found it interesting that, you know, since those accolades, uh, there's been a lot of turning points, unfortunately for them, for the worse, where the Pelicans appear to be this young team with a lot of potential uh, bound to make the playoffs and be a threat in the West. But injuries and other things have uh, contributed to them not being in that case. So I was curious how Brandon's, uh, you know, wrestling with all those moving parts. And, you know, he was very candid and honest. But I think the encouraging thing for the Pelicans and their fan base is that, you know, it's not like he's itching to try to get out of his contract or put pressure on the front office to deal him or even really put pressure on the front office with any issues at all. Like he made it clear to me that, you know, hey, he made a commitment to New Orleans, you know, partly he didn't know what was going to be in store, but uh, as much as he wants to win, he's finding beauty and kind of that process of figuring things out and trying to galvanize uh, the young roster as well as improve his own play so that they're heading the right direction. Yeah, since you said you based, you were based in Los Angeles, you had um, the op- you had the ability to cover Brandon even when he was with the Los Angeles Lakers for a few seasons. What have you learned from him from and his growth from season number one in LA to now up to year six with New Orleans. Yeah, it's really interesting how in some ways this has come full circle because when he was with the Lakers, uh, he was on a losing team. I mean, he was part of a rebuilding Lakers team that was all about uh, developing young guys. And while there were some lower expectations, the Lakers are the Lakers. They're expected to get back into the playoffs. And so I think you know, the Pelicans are in this somewhat similar boat where, yes, they have young players, but there is this expectation of, okay, you'll want to push forward because you have some great young talent in Zion and BI, and you don't want to just continue to be in a rebuilding mode because at some point, uh, not to say that they are thinking this right now, but you always wonder, you know, will, would Zion and B.I. still want to be on board with this program if they're continuing to lose? And so, unfortunately for Brandon, he's been through the situation. He's been through a situation of playing for multiple coaches and the latest one being Willie Green. But I think how he's evolved 
obviously he's gotten better as a player, but now he's at this crossroads where he's not that quote unquote young player anymore. Like he's not a vet player by any means, but he he's gained credibility and cachet where he's can be a guy in the locker room that raises his voice and knowing him and his personality. I don't think he's necessarily comfortable with talking all the time and getting on guys because he wants to be a leader that's, you know, by examples and by actions, but he knows because of where the Pelicans are and the stage of his career, he feels it is important to be more assertive uh, and more vocal, but he's tried to thread the needle of not being the guy that's beating up on everyone for their mistakes, but more of trying to make them feel empowered and also not be so self-critical that deflates their confidence and deflates their willingness to, you know, still be consistent with the day-to-day regimen. And so Brandon's trying to preach that message. And then he's also trying to back it up with his own actions that through all the warts of the wins, losses, him dealing with his own hip injury and trying to figure out ways to still excel with a, a different roster this season, uh, Willie Green and his teammates have really praised him with how consistent he has been with that day-to-day routine. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys rely on Brandon Ingram as that leader, and I'm glad he brought up his leadership because it does seem like he has an interesting approach compared to most teams who have maybe that veteran leader in place or how they approach their players or their coaches. But Brandon has always been, at least in the three years he's been here, such a quiet guy with a, a demeanor that's kind of very laid back. but you can tell based on reading your article and just our conversations with him, how competitive he is and how much he wants to win and how much he does want to take that leadership role. Is that part of his growth as well? That maturity from him from year one, being the young guy on the Lakers squad to, to being one of the team leaders here in New Orleans? Without a doubt. And I think when you tie up the different stages of his time as a young player with the Lakers and now with the Pelicans where, you know, he's, you know, established himself as a a player that could make future all-star appearances beyond his loan appearance uh, two seasons ago. Um, They encourage him to be more vocal, but I think what they appreciate is that at the end of the day, his actions are always going to speak louder than his words. So even if he's more comfortable with being assertive, I don't think it's ever going to be in his personality to be demonstrative or overly vocal. Um, And I think, there are parts where maybe they would benefit from him being more vocal, but I think when you weigh all things considered, um, they're always going to benefit from Brandon being a guy that uh, leads by example than anything else. And uh, when you look at his time with the Lakers, he was on a team that had a lot of young players. And I think all of them to a man were trying to show, you know, Hey, they're worthy of being the guy that you invest in. And so it was inevitable that as much as they wanted to play as a team, they also wanted to prove themselves. And I think the thing that, you know, distinguished Brandon from the rest of the guys was that he was more consistent with his work habits and that he didn't kind of act entitled as maybe some of the other young players. And that accelerated his development so much that at the time, you know, Magic Johnson said, Hey, like, he's going to be untouchable in trade discussions. And he was getting a lot of inquiries about that. Now, obviously that had since changed once LeBron James came on board and the goalposts moved as far as expectations, he wound up, as you guys know, being part of 
that centerpiece deal that got himself to New Orleans in the Anthony Davis package. Um, but it bought him currency in the early stages of, hey, we recognize this player is special and we're not just going to discard him for anyone. Um, and that, I think, played a factor ultimately when the Lakers wound up making some early earlier deals of trading D'Angelo Russell to the Brooklyn Nets as part of a, a salary cap maneuver to get rid of the Timothy Mozgov contract to ultimately have cap space to get LeBron James another player. And then later on, when they traded Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, I think because of those qualities of how his personality is, his work ethic, and his overall skill, uh, the Lakers were more invested in him. And now spinning forward with the Pelicans, I think it's it's the same way where, I mean, he doesn't want to go anywhere. I don't think the Pelicans want him to go anywhere. So there is this trust that once Zion is back, um, you know, there might be question marks on him with health and how he feels about New Orleans. But I think there is an optimism that uh, once they're back together because of Brandon Ingram's talent and his chemistry with him, they're going to steer everything in the right direction. In the meantime, they really like that Brandon's making the best of his cards of kind of mastering. I wouldn't say mastering, but really focusing on controlling what you control with improving his own play after the hip injury, being receptive to adjustments that, you know, he and Willie Green have talked about as far as how to be a more consistent uh, and aggressive score and how to make his teammates better. So Obviously, the results are what they are. They haven't been a good team for the most part this season, but they think for what the circumstances are, Brandon has shown himself, again, why he's a valued piece on the organization. You mentioned demonstrative in a way to not really describe Brandon. You also mentioned trust, and I'm also glad you brought up Willie Green because I feel like, in my opinion, that trust is there between Willie Green, a new head coach here in New Orleans, a first-time head coach, and Brandon Ingram, when speaking to both of them, did you get that same sense that those two have a trust in one another that is really important if this team wants to grow and get back on the right track? Yeah, without a doubt. I think that there's a lot of mutual respect, and I think that there's also a lot of candor. I mean, look, when I asked Brandon about Willie Green and what his impressions are, he said, look, it's a process for him too. He's a first-year head coach. He's trying to figure things out. But, you know, Willie Green has a lot of credibility as being a former NBA player. You know, he was a role player uh, that was a really good shooter. He's played on playoff teams. So he has, I think, that perfect combination of knowing how to relate to role players, but also knowing he had a window of playing with star players. So he knows how to talk to his star players that he's coaching, a la Brandon Ingram. And so with their conversations, it seems very honest uh, where they can be candid about what they're seeing or what is lacking from Brandon's game or what Brandon feels is lacking from the organization or the coaching staff. Uh, and it comes from a place of respect. And I think the thing that leaves Brandon and Willie encouraged is they seem to be on the same page uh, where Brandon says a lot of times what leaves Willie encouraged is he's telling him the answer that he was hoping to hear and that's not to say that Willie's just nodding his head and saying, yes, like you're right. It's more that Willie is coming at it from the same wavelength. And Willie shared uh, one conversation where they had recently about, you know, how they find ways to take advantage of his mid-range game, but also diversifying his skill set to account for double teams and making his teammates better. 
And before Willie even shared his two cents, Brandon shared his. And Willie said it was the exact answer that he was looking for. And so he confirmed that. And the, the main theme of it was about regardless of schemes and, uh, you know, their own plays. It's about being aggressive and about being fast. And so, yeah, um, I think both, you know, are obviously going through a season where it's a work in progress and they're trying to figure out mistakes. But I think because they both have a great uh, growth mindset and they have a lot of tools and a lot of credibility, uh, that has enhanced the respect. And I think that as the season goes on, those things will continue to get better. But let's let's call a spade a spade here. I mean, until Zion comes back, like they're unfortunately going to be in this situation uh, where it's going to be a lot of, of tough losses, but I think they at least have this sturdy foundation that leaves them optimistic that they're doing the right things in the meantime. Yeah. How confident are you with this team when Zion potentially gets back? We don't know again, the timeline as we feel like we are getting closer and, and look, we understand that the hole that they have dug for themselves at six and 18, they do have some quality wins though. We're going to forget about what happened Wednesday night inside the smoothie King center, but uh, the Clippers game, they've defeated them twice already this season. They defeated Utah on that same road trip, the Wizards, the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, most of their wins, one against Minnesota, most of their wins have come against some of the better teams in the Western Conference. And look, I think, you know, we see the Golden State Warriors at the top, the Phoenix Suns at the top. And after that, there is a huge, you know, clump of teams there. And again, Pelicans are way down the list there as they are, are, are struggling. Um but how do you feel about maybe potentially them getting back into this race when Zion gets back, noticing what you've been able to see through these first 24 games of them that, that maybe they can get back into it despite the hole that they've dug themselves into? Yeah, I mean, I think realistically speaking, I, I would be very surprised if they make the playoffs this season because, um, you know, we're a quarter way in the season. They have the second worst record in the West. I think the best case scenario for them is, is gain into the playoffs through the, as a play-in seed. Uh, and there is some precedent for that, as you guys, as you know, you know, Zion Williamson missed his first 44 games, I believe, his rookie season. And when he came back, uh, you know, from his injuries, I mean, he hit the ground running, even with the minutes restriction. And uh, before the season shut down, it looked like that they were one of the most dangerous teams uh, to be reckoned with. And now, you know, obviously that changed when they were in the bubble. They were not the team that, you know, they were expected to be partly because of Zion's absence uh, at certain stretches in the bubble, but also they just underachieved, I think, overall as a team. Um, so, look, I, I do have question marks about Zion's health when he comes back and when he does come back. Can he prove that these injuries are past him? Um, I think that there are also fair questions to be made about uh, the roster changes. I understand uh, where David. Griffin has been coming from with coaching changes and roster changes. But when you add a lot of new pieces, that's a learning curve. Um, but I am bullish on Brandon Ingram and I am bullish on Willie Green. And so I think those, uh, that is a good starting point. And obviously I think Zion's uh, the person that stirs everyone's drink here. And that is a question mark, but as far as, you know, how this pertains to Brandon, I'm, I'm pretty high on, things will work out for him, however it lands. Mark, before I let you go, let's talk about your new gig here with NBA TV and NBA.com. Again, I, I know you from your previous gigs with USA Today. 
in uh, in Oakland and San Francisco and Los Angeles. Um, how's it been going so far? What's it been like covering the league in general for NBA.com and NBA TV? Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it was an opportunity that uh, was a pleasant surprise. And once I weighed all the variables, I decided to jump in and I'm really glad I did. It's uh it's a national role. So there's some similarities to what I was doing with you at USA Today, where I was based in LA. I was, you know, kind of the West Coast guy. Um, so there are similarities of of being that person. But I think the cool thing about NBA.com is, you know, there's uh, you know, more people on staff. So, you know, there there's you know, you could say there's more depth, so to speak. There's more, uh, you know, colleagues you can rely on. And as much as I loved the staff at USA Today and Jeff Zilgut, my former colleague, is uh, a great friend and one of my favorite colleagues I've ever had. You know, just having more people to work with is always helpful. And then, uh, you know, being able to branch out into doing more TV work, it's been great. Uh, and I had been doing some TV work before and still do with Spectrum Sportsnet and NBCLA. Uh, locally in Los Angeles and occasionally for Fox Sports. But, you know, adding another consistent uh, TV partner is great with NBA TV uh, where, you know, you've got a lot of of on-air reps. And I think, uh, you know, the climate that we're in, it's all about trying to find different audiences and tell stories in different formats. So what's really cool about this gig is it all ties together. It's under the same umbrella and I can talk, uh, about the stories that I wrote for NBA.com on NBA TV and, and vice versa uh, as far as parlaying some of my TV experience into the writing part. So it's been win-win and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we've certainly enjoyed your work uh, with, with everything you've done, including here with NBA.com and NBA TV, a great article that you wrote on Brandon Ingram. Again, if you missed it, came out on Wednesday. You can log on to NBA.com and check it out. You can also follow Mark on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A. Mark, I appreciate your time. I know it's a busy time. It always is during the NBA season. Look forward to having you on in the future. Hey, Daniel, right back at you. I know it's a busy time for you with uh, traveling and monitoring games and all that, but really honored you to reach out and wanted me to have on the podcast. It's always fun and eager to do it again at some point. Absolutely. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks so much. There he goes. That's Mark Medina, NBA TV and NBA.com. Again, a great article on Brandon Ingram and Brandon and the Pelicans look to get back on track. Again, Brandon led the way for New Orleans in Wednesday night's loss to the Mavericks, 139 to 107. Hopefully they get some revenge tonight as the team is in Dallas. It's a Texas two-step for the Pelicans. They'll take on the Mavericks tonight, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans with pregame coverage beginning at seven o'clock and the Pelicans will wrap up the two game road trip on Sunday in Houston as they actually take on the Red Hot Rockets who have won four in a row. That game is tipped off at 6 p.m. All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. For Mark Medina, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Have a great weekend and go Pelicans.